0: Powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane, Australia, it's episode 81 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we continue our alphabet series with the letter D. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand is consistently earning the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan Sun and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrels, Perdomo 23 Perdomo Mensa 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Agonorsa Leaf, this month you can check out uh, the Agonorsa experience uh, where, where Terrence Riley, Vice President of Aganorsa Leaf, will take you through the process of validation and how it's an integral part of the operations of Aganorsa Leaf. Um, the, um, this is available on the uh, Agonorsa Leaf YouTube channel, which you can access by clicking on the sidebar, on cigar-coop.com. Scroll down to the Aganorsa leaf experience uh, icon, click on that and it will take you to uh, that video on validation as well as other content um, from Aganorsa leaf. So be sure to check that out. And we wanna mention Jerry tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age, of cigars of Cuba's leaf of choice, making some of the world's greatest cigars. Because this is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Ram Valley in Honduras, Julio A. Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds, and in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with JRE Tobacco, Julio and his son Jusco brought their very own brand to market and each contained that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a variety of blends, including the newest release, the Aladino Classic, that represents the Golden Age of Scars of Cuba, excuse me, the Golden Age of Scars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at your local retail, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every draw. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Deploment app via mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplematt.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show. Well, welcome everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox episode 81. We're in the middle of October, as we call it now, Red October. Uh, This is Will Cooper here. I am in the Perdomo Squad Studios here in the black stage. I should have had the red stage up for tonight, actually. That's right. And I'm joined uh, on the other side of the world, in the other hemispheres, by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Dave Burke. Coop, man.
1: Uh, Red October, I like that. So is that going to be... They got a... They got to put out some sort of tweet or like post that says Red October. Yeah,
0: they? They, they actually have been doing that. All they right. have been doing it. Yes. So the Phillies organization. So in case you were just uh, <laughs> like you out here, guys are tuning in a little later uh, when this is recorded. But uh, it is uh, it is um, on the East Coast, about 530 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, my my friend and co-host Dave Burke was kind mm-hmm. enough to let the Phillies game with the Braves play out before we did the recording tonight. Uh, so I could see the final out and, and the Philadelphia Phillies are going to the National League Championship Series. No one, no one would have thought that for a second that that would have happened, including me. I, I didn't think there was any chance we would see something like that. Uh, but we are there. And it's, it's an incredible run for what has been an incredible season and uh my phone is blowing up. I'm not going that. Oh, your call. phone is blowing up. If you hear beeping, everyone is like sending me congratulatory messages right now. Oh, um, yeah, man. So it has to go. It will go off for the sake of the show. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, I, I love this team. I waited. I waited 11 years to get back <laughs> to play. I, I thought we would just have a nice, uh, you know, appearance in the playoffs. Uh, We, we, we sweep the Cardinals. And then uh, we dismantled the world champion, Atlanta Braves, who, you know, they got mm-hmm. my respect. They had a great season. So, uh, you know, um, Braves have nothing to be ashamed about. They're a great team. But baseball players are funny sometimes, Dave. Oh, yeah. I, uh,
1: I, I, uh, I just watched. I'm looking on my app here. I just watched a video that uh, Harper home run, man. He smashed that ball.
0: And, and he, 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 Dave, he's he been turned for- on that ball. Listen, when this guy came to the Phillies, people said he was going to be a bad for the clubhouse. He he couldn't yeah. in Washington, not a good guy. And, and I'm telling you, he is he is one of the most beloved athletes in Philadelphia. Mm. Um, he has a chance to be that special, to be on that that upper echelon of Philadelphia sports heroes. Um, he really does. I mean, he's a, he's a He's an incredible player and he's been nothing but positive for this team. um, It's all I can say. And it's four years. It's not like it's just one season. He's been through some really crummy seasons too here. Mm. And he's been nothing but a positive force and he makes the whole team better. And he got that home run, Dave, like, like that insurance home run, you know, Mm because fans, we worry nothing comes easy for us. I was worried until the final out. I can tell you, but, he gave us that extra run and just gives us a little more what we need. And, and uh, we're going to the national league championship, yes. series, which is, which is incredible. I, I just like, you know, I've had such bad luck with my teams in the last 10 years mm. to have something. like. I mean, and look, if we lose it, we lose it. Because hey, the match because we're going to be up against a, uh, a Dodgers team, which is really good and a oh. Padres team. That's playing yeah. incredible baseball right now. So, I
1: almost want. I would want like as a as a neutral fan, right? Uh Like I don't have a my Brewers. They they didn't even (laughs) they didn't even. uh, I thought they were going
0: to win a World. I had them.
1: I picked them to win the World World Series this year. Uh, So they. So I've been. I've been sort of just watching as a as a neutral fan. But it would be cool to see Padres, Phillies, right? Like two underdog teams. Playing hot, both just fresh off knocking off hundred-win teams, playing off against each other—that'd be kind yeah. of cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, the key thing is our bats have been—it's—it's it's, look, it's not like we're we're winning these eight-seven games here. We, our bats have been alive, mm. and, and the pitching's been good. You just gotta wonder how long that can continue. I mean, it's mm. that's, it's but uh it's you know, and we're still just we, we've been defensively exposed, I think, in this series a bit. You know, if you want to critique it. Uh, there's been some bonehead fielding, okay? But uh, to shut down the Braves like we shut them down, it's a great organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been a great representation of, of being a world champion. Um, I, I I have nothing but you know good things to say about that team. They're they're good for baseball. So I mean, but uh, I'm happy we won. Don't get me wrong. Eight more wins, Coop. Yeah, I mean uh, eight more wins, my friend. It, yeah, it gets tougher though, like I said. Uh you know, you know who knows what comes out of Yale. So but we gotta right. think like I said, it's house money at this point. Uh you know, Dave, the interest I'll just say this. My favorite baseball season with the Phillies was 93. And we okay. lost that World Series to Toronto, but you had to understand what that team was all about. And and we we played like a juggernaut. The Blue Jays were were at the top of the game. But that was a ragtag team that mm. people didn't think would win 70 games, right? Mm. And they were a fun team to watch. They just scrappy, and they just got... And funny, we upset the Braves in the playoffs that year as well. Mm. Um, to me, it was that was the best one. Even though the World Series in 80 and 2008 were great, but that 93 team, uh, to me, it gave me one of the best seasons of baseball in my life. So mm. this one... It's been an up and down year. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. Summer was great for us. And then September, we sucked, right? So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the other thing I'll just mention is you can see there's hair growth, right? So originally, I, I had this beard because um, of simply the fact that um, it was a little tough to shave. It was bad spot. They didn't want me, like, messing around where I had the surgery. But when the Phillies started winning, I decided to keep it for the uh, the playoffs but i'm not gonna keep it after that so uh but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do that and see nice so just a goatee i'm gonna keep so that's kind of what i agreed to do and we'll do that yeah
1: congratulations coop enjoy my friend
0: yeah yeah it's
1: always always more exciting when you got a team in it isn't it 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 is sort of watching
0: you know, and it's been a big week, Dave, because, you know, um, we went to London. Uh, the Giants, football Giants went to London. That's right. And I couldn't believe what, what happened in London. Took to, the Packers at, out. Packers I mean, I didn't think we had a prayer in that. I mean, we played like a team in that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, you wonder, like, I mean, I, you wonder how, how much the a Raj thing is affecting the whole team. Like, his sort of vibe.
0: You know, I wonder if it's that, <laughs> and then like, I wonder if he's hurt. I always wonder when I see a guy. Yeah, I you mean, know, it wouldn't surprise. He's like thirty six or something, so yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. You know, I see guys like that, and they their shoulders banged up or whatever. And then, you know, I'm I saw like Carson Wentz played for the com, plays for the Commanders, right? And yeah. and he gets maligned, right? But he's not a bad quarterback, and the stuff I saw. From his last couple of games, like I kept saying, I don't think he's right. I, I yeah, think like something's wrong, no, and, yeah. and he's out now. Yeah, so you know, I, I honestly think that that plays into this sometimes. And guys like Aaron Rodgers, who you know, just one of the all-time great quarterbacks uh, for sure. Um, mm. he's just wonder. So I hope, I hope he's not hurt. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll tell this this. Game because if they can't beat the Jets, like that's a problem. Yeah,
0: I mean uh, that's, but yeah, you know, if you lose to the Jets, uh, you got a problem. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if we're gonna hear from the, like well by Monday. Um, this week airing on Monday, so Surgeon, who's our you know our Jets fan, right? Yeah, he's he oh, is, he's he is moving into a new uh, abode, right? So he he uh, literally you won't see him on the porch anymore. He's going to no. have he's going to have a studio in the house. So I don't know if he's going to see the game tomorrow is the question. It's going to be in the middle of moving. Sometimes you don't have your TV hooked up. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what that. Yeah, it's a
1: it's a bumper. It, here for it's him. funny
0: messaging with him. Like, you know, he's just got this. Oh, here we go again. The Jets, Jets, And the last couple of weeks, it's been pretty positive for him. Like, you guys are playing good ball. Oh, they pounded the yeah. Dolphins. The do- oh, they did. Yeah. Hector is a, it's been a bad sports week for Hector uh, between the Mets and the and, and the Dolphins.
1: I mean, I get the whole like, well, they didn't have two, uh or whatever. Yeah, but but it's like, well, 2 doesn't play defense. Like, I mean, they scored like forty points. Right, right, exactly, exactly. That is nuts. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't think he's going to have a good sports weekend this weekend because if the, if the Jets did that, your Vikings are going to score like 100.
0: Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's a go figure.
1: So let's, uh, so the rest of this show, people, you'll be noticed that Coop has a bit of a spring in his step.
0: It is a reason the, why. Uh, I mean,
1: right red, red October, baby. But uh, we'll, we will jump into it. So this, I just have some music news to kick us off. Coop, um, you can check out stuff at CigarJutebox.com and email me at cigarjukebox at gmail.com. I keep forgetting to say that, but not a lot of new music. New music has been sort of like down this week. It has been. I thought we'd start hearing some more. Um, I don't know if it's because next week we're going to get the Taylor Swift record. Maybe people are waiting for that to release. I don't know how that I don't know about why, why it's been a bit low, but it's been a bit low. Um, I think the other thing is like she hasn't released any singles off of that record. So, yeah, it's it's there's nothing really to listen to for that yet. So, right, right. Um, But I was just going to mention
0: how excited I am for Rihanna to do the Super Bowl.
1: That's going to be amazing. Yeah, you know, we didn't
0: talk about that last week because we had a pretty jam-packed show. But uh, yes. when I saw that, I I I messaged, I sent, I put a post up and tagged Dave. I'm like, oh, he yeah. is just... And then the haters came out. I'm like, come on. I mean...
1: Coop had a great comeback to a hater because he's like, who cares? He's like, who fucking cares?
0: Like, you do because you comment. Hey Coop, you do.
1: You, you wrote the
0: comment. Yeah, I'm like, you do. You commented. I, I, I love when people say, I don't care. <laughs> like, nobody cares. Like... like yeah and then you see like a 100 comments like no we can't
1: yeah. Oh, uh, that was just brilliant by you. But yeah. uh but no but what I'm excited about too is if it follows sort of the recent trend with Super Bowl artists we'll get a we'll get an album. Yeah. Cuz that's sort of been the thing it's like you do the Super Bowl you release your record and so we'll we'll finally get a Riyadh record. It's been like I, what did we talk about on the last show? Like six, seven years or
0: something? It's been a while. I mean, I I thought there was one, but it was in an EP. It uh, might have been an EP because she her last studio album is like Anti, I think, and that was yeah. forever ago. Yeah, it's uh,
1: I think she's guest starred on some guested on some stuff.
0: Yeah, Anti was the last one. Yeah. So but she had a ba- she hope- went and had a baby or something, right? She did. She didn't have a baby. And yeah, so she probably took a little time off with that. I'm this sure. is this is probably the, the
1: comeback from that. So I'm I am super excited. You so know,
0: she's been around I'm... a long time. I mean, this is someone who's oh, had yeah. a twenty year career already. Um and you know, she's only thirty four, right? Yeah. But she's had a like this is a long career that she's had. Um going back to like two thousand three. So like, we're heading on twenty yeah. years, actually. So um, Rihanna's definitely had had a had a great career as well. So um, yeah, I didn't know how long she would yeah. last, and she's lasted a long time. Oh, her songs are so good. Yeah, but um, if it follows
1: sort of like when Beyonce did hers, she like released a single a little bit before with um, Formation, which Rihanna. So hopefully we'll get a single before the Super Bowl. And then she released Lemonade in the album, like, pretty shortly
0: after. So yeah. hopefully she's supposedly working on this thing. album. She's to been working on this album. And the other thing is she did book a tour for next year, which is oh. an indication that you have something coming out. You got to have something. I can't You're... wait, Coop. Yeah, yeah so, uh, So yeah. But, I mean, and I wonder, you know, what she's going to do if she's going to be the headliner and there'll be other artists. Like, that's yeah, more Yeah, well, definitely trend. will be. Yeah, that seems to be more the trend lately with the Super Bowl is more it's an ensemble lately. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And maybe they'll leak out who some of those will be when we get closer to the yeah, day. But
0: exactly, exactly.
1: They definitely will have them. Yep. Um, yeah, so I'm very excited for that. Yep. I Not a death in music, but a death that is someone who was in music, and that's Angela Lansbury Coop.
0: Yeah, you know, so Bear actually was talking about her on – the Tuesday show, he came at it from a very different angle. He talked about more of a charitable. Yeah, like she was very big into charity, but but yeah, I was glad you included this one. I was a fan of Huzz, by the way. Oh yeah, she's the best. Yeah, um, died at ninety six. So pretty, I I got to be pretty honest, run. I thought she might have been dead already. I mean, I'm not trying, but well, she <laughs> lived a great life. Yeah, pretty good run. I mean, and
1: I guess I'm coming at it for the music angle because what some people might not remember is she was actually in a lot of musicals. Yep. Angela Lansbury. So she was in a couple Disney ones. So she was in Beauty and the Beast as the teapot. Um, and then Ben Zanman in Broomsticks. And even recently was in the rebooted um, Mary Poppins at the end. And she was singing a song there. Um, she also has done a lot of musicals. I guess her most famous part in a musical like a, a stage show would be she played Sort of the co-lead uh, in Sweeney Todd, so she was the oh yeah the proprietor that thought like, hey, why don't we <laughs> put these people in the make some pies out of them? Um, <laughs> so that that was her, and so she, and I, I, would say that's probably her most famous musical role is that one. I, that I saw one her
0: in on Broadway in that role, by the way. Yeah. King, oh wow. So young. And and yeah, that's one of the best Broadway plays you'll see seen. Yeah, back then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think, and her Disney work, but I think if you're going all, if you're going outside of Disney, I think Sweeney Todd is probably yeah the biggest one. Um, so songs I have well, Beauty and the Beast off of Beauty and the Beast, like she sings that one, yeah, and that's a pretty big one. Uh, the worst pies in London from Sweeney Todd, because they have like you know thumbs in them or whatever. Yep. But uh, and. Uh, the age of not believing, which is from Bedknobs and Broomsticks.
0: I saw that, my, I remember. I got my aunt took me to see it as a kid when I came in. Like I, I don't. I don't think. It, I think it was after it was in the theaters. It was like a return run. But I was mm-hmm. like probably five or six when when that I saw that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, man. But um, but yeah. So I just want to throw a shout out there because I like Angela Lansbury. I liked her on television and stuff. But I think it's good to remember that she she does she does have this sort of musical background. Which yeah. She was. It wasn't like a one-off role here, or there. Like she had quite a
0: lot of roles. Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of us may remember her from Murder She Wrote, which was an amazing show, by the way. Uh, about you know, she was a writer, mystery writer turned detective, and she kind of had that little bit of a fuddy duddy, but yet humorous role, you know. Mm. But she had all these musical roles. Like I said, if you saw, her, she was epic in Sweeney Todd, by the way. Mm. Um, to me, and I'm not a big Broadway guy. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite Broadway productions I've seen. Hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, so so shout outs to yeah, abs- Andrew abs- Lansbury.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, you got any quick
0: cigar news, Coop? Um, it, it's been a very, very quiet week. Um, um the one thing I'll just mention is that let me kind of pull this up here real quick. Uh I'll just mention this. I mentioned it on, on KMA this morning, right? So, you know, you hear all the drama about the PCA trade show. OK, mm. and uh, and the big drama is always it's wh- where should it be? And w- yeah. Why don't they move it to another time of the year? OK, and that's you hear it. I've been hearing this for as long as I can remember. Well, the PCA did a survey and they surveyed uh, the trade show attendees. Right. right. And and Dave, I got to tell you something. Let right. Me,
1: let me guess. Yeah.
0: Guess. Oh, uh, well, I was going to say they want it at the same time at the same place. You hit it, and and not <laughs> and not. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna share these results on the screen here. Oh, uh, unbelievable! Not just want it there, overwhelmingly want it there. Like Jeez. overwhelmingly, all I keep hearing is, "Well, we gotta do." Well, why is the PCH trade show in July, right? Um, I'm, I'm gonna share the results right here,
1: so you can see. So, do you think that's just like a very vocal minority?
0: Then, absolutely. That's what Abe and I were talking about this point. So because
1: yeah, that's right. pretty overwhelming.
0: Look at this 15% accept like so they asked based on this year's trade show. Uh the question was, you know, what did you think of the dates of the trade show this year? 15% said exceptional, 27% said very good, 20% said good. That's already 62%. Already, that's now, right. Okay is neutral, right? You only yeah. have 15% who said it sucks, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you look at down here is like for the venue, right? What do you think of the venue? Only two oh wow poor like they want wow. it where it is it's the Venetian so to me like PCA you just gotta the, the survey these are not like it's tight you know no I've been hearing I've been hearing a well, while you know people are grumbling they want it they because here's the thing just you know they're talking about and this is not a secret they said this to us at the trade show they're talking about for the 2024 show of moving it to New Orleans in April. I have been mm. vehemently against it, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't think New Orleans should get a trade show with the smoking bans that are there. Vegas, mm. as much as I'm not a big Vegas fan, it works for the trade show. And I mm. think the dates do work. I mean, I, I, I don't think we should have it 4th of July weekend like they did a few years ago. Like, I don't think you should do that. But, you know, these dates the week after the 4th of July, I, I don't see any problem with it. And, and I, I'm not a retailer, but – and then I hear this, well, I can't leave my store. I think, you know, I think no matter when you have it, you can't read your store, you know, so. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that was the big news, I thought. And it kind of went unnoticed. Uh, you know, like usually, like I expected when I put the article up that there would be like all this, like, um, how can I put it? People would be pissed, right? Mm. Uh, like, mm. like, I, you know, this surveys. Wrong. No one argued with it. Like, like, so I think it is a few people making noise, and sometimes those few people who make noise can make, like, you know. I think it was kind of like I'll go back to when I was getting ripped by Neil Young, right? It mm. wasn't that many people ripping me on Neil Young, but they were making no. a lot of noise who were doing it. Yeah, that's no. I mean, as soon as you talked,
1: I mean, I could have guessed that. Was- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just hilarious. That's right, like they, right, they love right. it or whatever. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. So uh um, you know, it was kinda interesting as far as that goes, yeah. But uh go figure. Mm. Um
1: our uh, developing pallets review the week coop.
0: Yeah, I saw this one. Uh you know, they you whenever you see a developing pallets and a and a TAA cigar. That's right. Um I, I guess the best way to put it is put your seatbelt on. Uh they mm. have been probably the toughest. I've been tough on them, but not as tough as these guys have been. Uh and they reviewed the Timeless TAA twenty twenty two cigar. And yeah, uh, take, take a guess who yeah. didn't like it the of all the four.
1: Oh, I try to remember who didn't. Um
0: was it uh was it Aaron? He was the lead, yeah, and he was basically his comment was, "I'm not sure I'd see myself coming back to this cigar all that often." Um, I think the consensus was they liked the 2020 more. The
1: 2021 was very good. Um, I think that's the. I think that was sort of the consensus. But yeah, I, mean,
0: I think that. I think and, that, and that's fair. Um But you know, Seth says, I'll, "I'll buy this TAA blend every year." Oh yeah, that's what got, you yeah, want to hear out of a TAA cigar, you know. So. And um, I think they
1: I think they commented on the show about this, but, like, I mean, this, because they're sort of talking about other cigars in the TAA, I guess, line, for lack of a better term. Like, who would you say has done good TAA cigars, Coop? Like, the Timeless, this one, I mean, when it was Nat Sherman as well, right. tracked it down. Uh, Angel's
0: Anvil. Well, Crown Heads is consistently good with theirs, yeah. And then maybe, maybe Pete? I would maybe- definitely put Pete in there. Uh, some I like better than others, but he's had a lot. And then I'd also put Lafleur in there. I think Lafleur has right. done an exceptional job. And the and the reason why those three companies stand out, Dave, is because they've put an exceptional amount of time into producing those products. Mm. there's there's product planning, there's marketing that goes around it. You know, obviously there's good blend brand and blend development. Um, and you know, timeless. I think they haven't had enough of those. But I think you could maybe make an argument. But a lot of these other ones are like. They call a factory and they say, hey, what do you have in the factory that, you know, that, that we can get? You know, can we get something mm-hmm. for the, you know, and a lot of times what they get is they get these alternate sizes, or alternate blends. And yeah. the reason why they didn't release the alternates, because they're not as good as the regulars. And I, and I think this T, a lot of those guys have fallen into that trap over the years.
1: Yeah, because there's not many TAAs you track down, is there? I mean, really?
0: No, like I said, uh, I think, you know, Crown Heads they've been exceptional with theirs. Uh, I I've, I think Pete, the last few years has really stepped up the game with, with, the, with his as well. Um, and, uh, you know, the, yeah. the floor I've always, the floors have always been consistently good for me as well.
1: So that it was good to hear. Cause I love that 2020. Yep. Um, so I'll have to try and track this one down.
0: Yeah. If I see it, I'll let you know as well. Uh, I don't have it yet.
1: Cool bands. Yeah. That the guys yeah. commented on, but, uh, yep. yeah, if you see it, Hey, I, I, it's it's worth a look anyway.
0: Yeah, um, it definitely is worth a look. Um, like I said, the 2020 they were very high on that. I remember that.
1: Yes, they were. And for them to be high
0: a... on any TAA cigar, uh, <laughs> and that was a great
1: cigar. I loved that cigar.
0: Yeah. Yep. That was uh was it was good. I I wasn't as high on it as Seth was, but it was a good cigar. Mm. Yeah.
1: Uh, speaking of good cigars, Coop. Yes. What are you smoking?
0: Well, we're doing the letter D tonight. Um. So I was debating what to do. I I wanted to do a part of a series D, and oh, yeah. I just uh, I had to go to or digging for it. And I said no, nah, and I had a, but uh, the Phillies game was on, right? So I went with a Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust D, me Corita, hey. the, uh, the original blue blend, and this is in the Gordita size, which is that kind of. You know that short mm-hmm. that it's mm-hmm. not short Churchill, but it's it's kind of that six by forty. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that that four by forty eight, five by forty eight size. Mm. Um, and this is the best size of the blend. I should know what this one is, by the way. Shame on me for for not remembering the size on that. But uh, this is my favorite size of the um of the of, of the Micarita line for sure. Um, right. and uh, I well, I could give you the size right now. It is a four by forty eight. Yep. Nice. Yep. So nice. uh well,
1: that, yeah, I mean made number
0: seven on the coupe list in two thousand eighteen. Oh to me, I still think the blue Mikarita is the best one he's done.
1: Right. Over uh, the uh tricky tracker.
0: Over the and I like the tricky tracker. I wasn't a big fan of Soccer Khan, by the way. Just so I enough. haven't tried that one yet. I, I most people I think have not been as high on it as 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 the others.
1: Yeah, I haven't tried that one yet, so I can't comment. Yeah. I I my, I mean, my favorite is when he did the firecracker, like the firecracker.
0: Well, and is... tricky, and, and what's funny is the the smaller tricky Traka, which is the closest yes. size to the firecracker, seems to be the one that smokes the best.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm smoking a uh, Warhead Eight in uh, in honor of Hector.
0: Why? In his, he, in his he, mess. He, he well,
1: you know, <laughs> I know, but I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying to Hector, yeah. like, I'm here for you, man. I got I got your back.
0: Yeah. By the way, you've I have not smoked that yet, and they're not. I can't find them in Charlotte. I'm gonna have to order them online. Go to so, yeah. Go to yeah, go to.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a preview of things to come. But go to a uh, hustler, man.
0: Yeah. That's the that's the. Uh, so you're smoking another big boy this week, and a six by sixty.
1: Yeah, I was gonna smoke it last week, but then I I, I went with that um, asylum.
0: <laughs> when it went with seventy uh, last week.
1: Seventy last week. Oh. Um, but no, it's a it's a box press. I think some of my favorite Warheads have been Box Presses, like the two, and then that um, Lancero. Um, so I'm excited that, for that. That
0: Lancero is, I think, the best of, of the ones. And I'm not oh, a Lancero yeah, yeah. guy. Um,
1: that Lancero's amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, Warhead 7, I'll, I'll probably say, is it, going to make the Cigar Coupe list again this year. Oh. Um, so I, the Warheads are pretty much every year have landed on – each size could land on a list, so – I think the only one that didn't go on a list was four. And that was like, okay. I missed it or something like that. Yeah. I, uh,
1: I, I, well, I've had a couple of these. It's, it's amazing. I love the cigar. I mean, it might be my third favorite Warhead, like the Lancero and then the two and then this one, because I really liked the two.
0: Yep. I liked, I um, liked the six, that little Figurado. I did like yeah. Powerbomb though, that cigar. It is. It's a strong cigar, but the seven was actually milder mm. The seven. I do was the mildest, but you know what? I still thought it was a great cigar.
1: This is good. I think the box press in the 60 helps it. I think it gives it a good a good draw. Yeah, so I'm excited to, to, to light this up. But no, uh, you know, just sending my uh, shout outs to Hector, man. Yeah,
0: I, I feel bad his Mets are and, and you know, what's fun Ooh. is I like when all of our teams can kind of advance as far as possible, right? And then we can just decide who's the best. And, and then the, messiest, and the Mets, uh, we won't even go there. I mean, he poor, poor guy. The poor Hector is what I was just saying. So maybe that'll the cure him about, up.
1: The thing about the Mets is that they made this big deal about like resting the pitchers and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And they didn't even win.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't worry about it. Oh, yep,
0: Mets, Yep. Man. Yep. Uh, same old Mets.
1: But, uh, but yeah. This is my commiserations, yep. young uh, young Hector. This yep. guy. So we got for to let people know we're doing a review of. Um, we're going to start with a quick review of a couple episodes ago. Yep, the song so we gave each other uh,
0: music to listen to. Yeah, yeah. So, so we th- decided to just talk about the ones that stuck out. Yeah, and for folks who didn't see the episode, Dave and I put together ten songs that we thought the other person absolutely had to hear. Um, And we, 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 but we couldn't play. Unfortunately, that was the one show I wish we could have played the songs on the air, right? We couldn't, we can't do that because of copyright stuff, right? So it's, so I suggested let's do some homework and rather than go through all 10 of the same songs again in an episode, Dave said, hey, why don't we just pick our favorites? And I said, I think that was the best idea because I think it would have been dry to talk about the same songs over again. So I think, I think this was the best way to do it. Give us, your, give us your highlights here, Coop. All right. Beyonce. Virgo's groove totally yeah. blew me away. Okay? Uh, it's the best song she's ever done. It, mm. And Dave, you knew exactly how to press the button for me. It's a retro R&B soul mm-hmm. type of song. And I was tr- like, transported back in time. And I'm like, this is epic stuff that she did. This is good music. And I like this is this is this is like I I have now actually went and played the whole album which is very good too. But this Virgo's Groove blew me away. I love that song. I was hooked. I was hooked on the first few notes of that song. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, what? Um, you
1: want to go through all years, and uh, well, then I'll yeah, do yeah I'll do that.
0: Yep. So I actually think there's a renaissance going on with some soul music. I think it's it's making a comeback. Uh, in a lot of ways in the last few years. Uh and then you you picked out this other one, the Nat Turner Rebellion, uh, the song Love, Peace, and Understanding. Again, it was a song that transported me back 50 years. I'm like, this is like, I remember this is the stuff late 60s, early 70s that you'd hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a it's a fantastic song. I just felt like again, you, you pushed the right buttons there. Um and then you gave me an actual old song, right? Uh by the Velvet the velvet the velvet the velvet the velvet the Velvelettes. Velvelettes, yep uh he was really saying something so that's again it kind of fit in all with with with, with the with the vibe there and that was again a, a song i really hadn't listened to i had heard it before when i heard it, i'm like yeah i've heard this before but you know it wasn't something i paid attention to mm, great song mm. and then you know i didn't want to just go all soul music right because i felt like i was <laughs> Um, So I picked one other one, um, and it was Birthday by the Sugar Cubes. And I love the psychedelic vibe that that song had. It had a nice Mm -hmm. psychedelic vibe to it. Uh, Definitely could get into it. Uh, Another album, it was your album Archaeology Homework. So I did a little on that, and uh, that was there were four. The songs were all good that you picked, by the way. There wasn't wasn't any duds in there. But those are the ones that really, like I said, the Beyonce one was the one that kind of really stood out there. Mm. I I uh, I actually become much more of a fan of hers after that. So that's, that song is just ma- oh, it's a masterpiece, Dave. That song. Ooh, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, for me, like I like with you, like there no, all your songs yeah. were great as well. And I and you're right. Like, well, I'll get to loved love the chase song. That chase song. That dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah, disco sci-fi. I love that.
0: That was great. I love that it, song, and that's what it is. It's disco and sci-fi, even though the movie it was in wasn't a sci-fi movie. It's it, that's no. how it feels like. Yeah, it was great,
1: great yeah. track there. Um, I've, I, you were right. I have heard the Dire Straits and, Steve, and Stevie Nicks songs before. Yeah, but I just I couldn't place them until I heard them, and I was yep. like, oh yeah, these are pretty good. Um, but I think that that Arcade Fire track uh, stuck out to me. Oh, a sprawl. Oh, mountains beyond mountains. I, I, I love the vocal on it, like you thought I would. But also, they had this like synthesizer that gave it this really sort of dark vibe yep. to it that I yep. really liked.
0: Yeah, and it, it's it's a great live song they do by the way too. Mm.
2: Um,
0: but yeah, it's got this dark vibe, and uh, mm. it's uh it's uh, Regine Chassagne. She's the female lead vocalist she takes the lead vocals on that one. And she just, to me, that's the best song. Arcade fire has done. I love that song. Um, and then the last one. So I, uh,
1: Prince, the 17 days track. So I listened to that after the show, but then I listened to it again after our, um, after our purple rain show and thinking about what Matt was talking about. And like, I guess after listening to, Listen when what Matt had to say about the Minneapolis sound, it's like it really comes through on that track. Um, I got a, a whole new appreciation for it after after our Purple Rain show.
0: Yeah, I, and like I said, it here's the thing: I think it was better than some of the songs on Purple Rain. But if again, if you go back and watch the movie, it was hard to find a home for that song in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. maybe you could have just... The only way I could have seen them using it in the movie is if you're in First Avenue and they just wanted to play some background music, right? I think yeah. it would have worked for that. But to me, I... Uh, and again, I, we talked about this on the last show. Nobody prays the jolted lover better than Prince, and he's doing it in this song as well.
1: But yeah, great, yeah. great song. And like I said, a- after... Listening to Matt talk about the Minneapolis sound, talk about that album. I got a whole new...
0: We got some great feedback on that one. So that Yeah. Yeah, that was... uh, I mean, he really... Matt actually, and we put some links in there in the show notes, Matt actually did a breakdown of what... You know, he has a... You know, he kind of did a whole breakdown of the Minneapolis sound. Yeah. Um, Which I learned a lot from it, too. Um, And how, uh, you know, it's just an epic sound. Hmm.
1: So, yeah, those are my... Standouts uh, as well. So good, uh, good uh, picking.
0: Yeah, yeah. we well, had a lot of fun. We'll have to do that another time at some point too. Yeah. And, uh, but it was kind of fun going back and listening to the songs, you know, as well. Um, so I, like I said, it was it was definitely, um, a fun thing to do. Um. Mm. You know, and like I said, I got, like I said, I, there's a couple I really got a good appreciation for out of it too, where I kind of, you know, like I said, that Beyonce song, but all those songs, like I said, uh, the Sugar Cube one was really cool. I was really into it. It inspired me to do the album archaeology homework after that. So
1: nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's let, so we decided to go with
0: our alphabet series which is sort of we kind of pick up every now and again. Yeah, we've only done you know what's funny, we've only done two in the last year. So, last about a year yeah. ago to this day we did B. So, we are kind of slowly picking them we're kind in. Right? Slowly picking. Yeah, we've it. had so much we have so many shows to do. It's like Yeah. Yeah. Um but we got letter D today. Yep. Um
1: which I don't know, I mean, I know some letters are going to really slow down Coop, but I think the last couple have really been quick ones for me. They're easy, um, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't
0: think we're going to be able to do X. I think X it's we're going to have to compl- I, I think it's it's be hard. fine. Yeah. So uh, Q may be tough, too. But X is definitely going to be tough. I'll tell you that. Uh Yeah. So. um. Well,
1: no, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, start start playing now. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it was pretty quick. I, I tried to get a mix of some famous tracks, some deep cuts. Yep and some try to hit a couple genres and try to keep, keep some streaks going.
0: Yeah, I get. I did a couple of streak picked songs
1: as well. Um so yeah, but it's uh it's you know, and, and like I said there's a lot of there's a lot to to pick from. Um
0: yeah, it, it definitely is and you know, some of the, like uh, some of the ones like I had I, I did Tears for Fears, I had to go with a deep cut this week to Do it right. Oh, so you had a reach. You had a reach. I had a really, yeah. So I'm gonna pick a song, probably no one ever heard of, but I'll talk about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, hey, we do that. Yeah, if the song begins with the letter A, we don't count that as letter A, you know, we no. count it as uh, or the the yeah, we don't do that. So it's yeah. uh. We make it pretty it, – but this – the D was a little – I thought D was going to be a little more harder. It really wasn't. I came up with the list pretty fast with this one. Oh, no, yeah. It was just a matter of which streaks I wanted to keep going with that one. Because yeah, right. you kept one of my streaks going. This I week.
1: helped you out. I, I thought I was stealing a song from you, but I'm like, man – No, it's okay because it gave
0: me a chance to put something so else in. Yeah, it, it's a great song that you picked, by the way, with that one. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I'm
0: going to kick it off and get Absolutely. one of my streaks oh, out That's of the a, way. Yeah, of course. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's Dolly Parton with "Dumb Blonde." This is off of her one of her early solo records. Uh, great vocal. I want I, I want to say like in general about her vocals. I'm I'm more of a fan I think of her early records, but I mean her vocal is great anywhere. But I really like it on her early stuff. Yep. Um, lots of feminist themes in that. It's like oh, you think I'm a dumb blonde sort of thing, but obviously she's not. Um, so yeah, so. Got got my Dolly Street going with Dumb Blonde, great track.
0: Yeah, I do Check too. That one. I hate I hate the name her that song in a lot of ways because um you know, Dolly's blonde and I don't I don't like to call her. Is that's not what should be no. To. But the song well, started, is, uh, yeah. But and that's an that's an old song. That that song's year right. I was born, sixty seven. That's an old song. She started
1: sending sending it up, saying like, well, that's what you think I am, but actually. Yeah. I
0: exactly. Am the best. Yeah,
1: but there's some um, is
0: some great did she write those lyrics? I would assume so.
1: I think I think it's safe to say yeah. a lot of the like even early a lot of the stuff she wrote herself other than the Porter Wagner stuff. I would yeah. say the Porter I don't know how much of the Porter Wagner stuff she did. Yep. But I know she was writing her stuff yeah. Like before then. So I would assume so.
0: Yeah. And if you're a Dolly fan, right, this is not Dolly calling someone a down, dumb blonde. It's the opposite. No. She's kind of responding to being called a dumb blonde. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the lyrics are great in this song, by the way. It's a great song. It's a great song. Yeah. A good pick. So. So that
1: streak got checked that one off the list. Yep. So that's
0: good. Yep. How about you, uh, Coop? You said or, you changed
1: your order a bit. Yeah, I, went, just,
0: I I wanna put I wanted to start I wanna do this one in sequential order. Yeah, I think it flows a little better. Okay. So I'm going back to nineteen fifty-seven. Wait. The, the artist is, is someone we haven't talked about on the show much, if at all. No. Paul Anchor. No. Yes. And the, and the song's Diana. Mm. Uh, now, a little prelude before I get into the Anker piece. I wanted to pick Brian Adams' Diana song. Like yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard. So, but the problem is now. So Brian Adams wrote this song about Princess Diana, right? Because there was a, always this rumor that he was having an affair with her, right? And it was all. And he wrote a song called Diana, but he has pulled that song off distribution when she died. Right. So it. All oh, right. You, you can't find it on any of the streaming services. There's a couple on YouTube. I actually do have a, a an MP3 of it. Okay. Uh So, but it's and it's a great song. So I said, well. I knew there was uh, Paul Anka's "Diana," which is a completely different song. So Paul Anka is—he's really his strength has been more. He's had some hits, you know, like "Lonely Boy," "Put Your Head on My yeah. Shoulder," "You're Having My Baby." Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote the theme people don't realize for the Tonight Show, the Johnny Carson theme, and he wrote uh, "Tom Tom Jones's She's a Lady," and he also mm-hmm. wrote the lyrics for "My Way" by Frank Sinatra. All right, now the one person who can perform "My Way." is Paul Anka. He does a great job. Of, he's got a great voice. But Diana is a uh it's a great song. Um it's inspired by a girl he knew named Diana Ayub. Uh he met at church and community events and he had a crush on her. Um and it's got those boom, um, you know, those mm. lyrics stay with me mm. Diana. And it, it, it's it's a, it's a great song and it's you know, I still hear it played a lot. You know, but you know, it's yeah. You know, this this song is over sixty years old right now, and Paul Anka yep. is still alive, by the way, which is amazing. Um, but uh, I've loved that song ever since I was a kid, and I uh, it was like one of the, immediately like when I realized I couldn't do the Brian Adams one, I didn't have a problem coming up with another Diana song because I knew this was gonna be it. Nice. Yep. Uh, uh,
1: I went with my next one. I love this song it's uh ACDC dirty deeds done Cheap." oh T- this is a this
0: was another great throwback I love this one. I love
1: this song I am more of, of a Bon Scott ACDC fan uh so like like this like high voltage uh is it high voltage yeah I I, I like I love this song it's a great album cover it's a great song they're Auss- Aussie legends ACDC. It's just good old working class rock, coop. is what it is, man.
0: Yeah. Um, this, you know, this was a song. I think they recorded it. Uh, it was originally released in Australia mm-hmm. and Europe in '76, but didn't hit the U.S. until '81 after Bon Scott died. All right. Because they didn't have they didn't have strong U.S. distribution at that time. Right. I remember when that I was in eighth grade and when that's when that when that hit the U.S. I mean, this—it was—I remember we did a sing-along once in, in like, cl- like with a substitute teacher. We all just started, you know, singing "Dirty Deeds. Oh, it's we such a good thing about my grade doing it with substitute. Yeah, so great memories with that song. It's a great it was, song. I love it. You, you love hit it on song. the head. What do you got here, Coop? All right, "Day in a Life" by the Beatles. Mm, great song. Um, great song. This is, simply put it's a masterpiece from Sergeant Pepper. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, got, it's that sweet. It's a sweet kind of, you know, it's, it's got this like, you know, it's kind of in the vibe of uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant by Billy Joel. So, you know, it has these different things going, but I had to keep the Beatles streak going. Mm-hmm. We had a Beatles streak. I think you and I have both done Beatles at one point or another. Um, I didn't notice, but one thing I did learn about uh, while prepping, this was lyric. Most of this was, re- I associate this as a McCartney song. But mm. most of the lyrics were written by Lennon, which makes a lot of sense if you listen to him, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and you know, this was very controversial. This was banned from the BBC for several years. this song because of the uh, connotations to drug use in here. Wow. Uh, but so yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe this song was banned for about five years. It got unbanned in like '72. Jeez. Yeah, but you know, "Day in the Life." Um, it's just, uh, I think it's, I just, uh, I just think it's great. You know, the whole part about. Woke up, mm-hmm. got out of bed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just, it's a narrative. It, it's, it's, you know, it's one of the greatest songs the Beatles have done.
1: Oh, yeah. it's a tremendous song. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, excellent pick, Coop. Yep. Thank you. That's it. that's, oh,
1: that's such a good song. Uh, Keeping with, uh, with our earlier discussion around Beyonce, I picked Beyonce with Diva. There you go. This is off of her. well um, oh, I love the song, but it's off of her Sasha Fierce project. If you remember that, Coop. I don't know. Yep. If, mm-hmm. It's like her. I think Garth Brooks did a similar thing, where they released an album under an alter ego. Uh huh. I can't remember Garth Brooks's alter ego, um, but he had he he did he did an album under. I can't remember what what it was, but uh, he did that. Like she's done that with this one.
0: Yeah, I mean the we saw the 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 DGS were when um yes when when um Foo Fighters did it yeah so they've done some of these have done this it's not unusual.
1: Uh but yeah, it's I love I love the song. It's some good early Beyonce. Shout out to uh, Mike and Mike Palmer and Shevchenkovich over at Hustler. Yep. because one of the key parts of the chorus where she says "diva" is another name for a hustler.
0: There you that's go. Shout
1: out, shout out to the hustlers.
0: There you go. Chris Gaines was the, the Garth Brooks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris Gaines, yeah.
1: Chris Gaines, remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, he know? was yeah. all like emo-y. I remember that. Anyway. Yeah. That's, I don't, know, the I, I don't think that little... record
0: did all that well. <laughs> no, I don't think it did either.
1: Um, uh, I I love your next pick. If I'm going off the right uh, thing
0: here, uh, I think so monkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh monkeys uh daydream believer. Love it. Um, this was a monster hit uh for the monkeys. Uh wasn't ri- you know, the monkeys while they tried to become songwriters in their careers, yeah. it wasn't written by uh the monkeys, it was written by Jon Stewart. He had a series of songs that he was doing on suburban living. Mm-hmm. Um on the flip side, the monkeys always seem to have their success with songs along that vibe. You think about Last Train to Clarksville. Mm. Uh, another I love that song. Sunday. Yeah, so Daydream Believer to me. Um, and what I gotta say is, I'm not a big music video guy, but you gotta remember that Mike Nesmith was a pioneer in this area, right? Yep. Um, the last minute of the Daydream Believer song, that video is if it doesn't pick you up, right? Um, when they sing the final verse, like basically Davy's trying to come out and he's trying to sing the, the final verse, but then all the monkeys want to like hog the stage on him right so they all kind mm. of like they're all kind of fighting for uh the front spot of the stage uh and then they just kind of go into this little line dance at the end it, it's it's a really great it, I, to, for video I thought it was really really good but the song to me um is just uh it's probably one of the most iconic songs that Davy Jones ever did yeah um I, I would probably put this on the Monkeys Mount Rushmore for sure it'd have to be I mean like you said that in the um Clarksville is great so I mean
1: and it it was interesting he talked about Michael Nesmith when he when he passed away but he really wanted to take the band from a show band to like a band band he did he really wanted to he
0: he did he was very I mean he was that was what you know they all kind of wanted you know they were put together for a TV show you gotta remember yeah yeah Uh, but Nesmith you know he got frustrated with it and that's why I think he ended up splitting for so long yeah because uh, he really wanted to move it forward as a band, yeah. Because well, they would play
1: shows and everything,
0: yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, they, uh, you know, Nesmith was even, you know, because he was playing uh, right up until he died, pretty much. Yeah, he was. But you know, you, you know, Nesmith. What he did is, he got more. He got really. He was one of the pioneers of music video. Oh, he was. So yeah. I mean, and again, I think this was going back to what they did with the Monkees, which was, which was really groundbreaking to have that type of a show. Like, mm. which was like a 30 minute music video for the most part. I love, I love some monkeys' love. That's great. Yeah. The I mean, uh, great, man. there's only one, uh, Mickey's the last surviving monkey. So oh, we, yeah. We one one monkey. Well, when was this? 67, man. Yeah, 67. I mean, so you back 55 years already, you were talking.
1: And uh, it's interesting. I mean, we're going on a monkey's tangent, but it's interesting what impact they made on music Cause I think didn't we look it only ran like two seasons or something
0: yeah like, it didn't run a ton well what happened is the show went a, to syndication syndication yeah and and it was kind of like the Brady Bunch had a similar thing where they had a five year run but monkeys and, and Brady Bunches became like monsters in syndication I mean they just syndication was like the uh, it, it was mm. just like a machine for them and you would come home from school and uh you know you'd watch the monkeys right oh, totally and it was and it was totally safe to do it and, uh and and the 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 guys who played them in, like i said they had musical talent um yeah and it but they also could get in front of a camera really well and play and play this you know play on a... there but it's interesting
1: if if i know i know a lot of people like kind of laugh off the monkeys it's like oh you know but if you really dig in there look at the music look at the hits, it's interesting their place in music history. Yeah.
0: You know, the original stuff that they did start doing is not bad. Um, huh. It never, I think what happened is it just, they, they, they peaked, they peaked.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the monkey, I mean, the monkeys were being talked about at one point, like as being the next Beatles. I Man. mean, that's how big, I mean, I, I remember I, I read something about when the monkeys met the Beatles, it was like a big dick. The Beatles wanted to meet them kind of, you know, oh, it well, big, yeah, it monkeys, yeah. yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. It was a big deal. That's great. Uh, but, I mean, I just, yeah. I, I, the episodes are, are the, the national treasures in my book. Um, uh, hey, hey, with the monkeys, you know. <laughs> that's so great. The, I love the one where they It's the theme song, and they, they show all the outtakes from the show. And it's the one where they're oh, all yeah. superheroes, Monkey Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah. We well, the next one, point, I saw yeah. song. I, st- I stole a song from you, Coop, on the next one here. Yeah,
0: but that's okay. It was this, is, and I would have picked this one, but but it's okay because it gave me another song to pick. I still, so a streak. I Coop this is could... yeah, this is a streak song. Yeah,
1: yeah, you can knock it off if you want, but uh, Billy Joel, don't ask me why. Oh, um, this is off one of Coop's
0: favorite records, if I remember correctly, oh, Glass Houses. Fantastic, one of the best album sides ever. It's side one at Glass Houses. Mm. It's the third track on that one.
1: So I so Coop usually I leave the Billy Joel stuff to Coop because he's such a big fan. So I'm like, why well, don't talk about him a lot? So I thought I'd throw a song on. Um, I love this song. I love the whole like Spanish vibe with like that, the castanets and the yep,
0: yep, and even the Latin piano solo that's in there.
1: Yeah, just the percussion and everything. Yep. Um, and it's just a great song. I I just like the song a lot. Um, so yeah, I mean, you probably speak to more. In depth about it than I do, but I just really liked it.
0: I did too. Uh, I was surprised it only reached number 19 on the Billboard chart. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a short song. It's only about three minutes. Um, but that whole Latin vibe, which which Billy has yes. done, uh, he's done some uh, some Latin vibe stuff too before. So it's not the first time he's done it. Uh, you know, but but for the most part, I think. Um, this is the middle, like this is a glass glass houses. In my opinion, I don't know if we'd ever do an album on archaeology. I'd be certainly up for it. Mm. But uh, that first side is probably one of the best song, like the best sides, um, um, best sides I've heard, right, um, ever. But you know, it's yeah. funny he's done this. Like he did a song on the prior album, uh Fifty Second Street, called Rosalinda's Eyes. Hmm. Uh, which has kind of got that Spanish vibe. But, you know, Glass Houses was very much a criticized album of Billy Joel. Because right. Don't Ask Me Why had that Latin vibe, which he had... Ex- he went and explored New Wave, a little more New Wave What You May Be Right and It's Still Rock mm. and Roll Me. And he got a little... He got, he got some criticism from getting away from some of the piano stuff with that. So this yes. one, I thought, was like, if you listen to the whole album, that's not the case, though. It's just he did put a couple of New Wave songs in that, and they're very good songs. But yeah, this one uh don't ask me why is probably my favorite track off the album. Yeah, no, it's
1: it's it's a great track.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean I like I said really. yeah, and you mentioned that, that percussion is really good. Uh mm. but listen to the piano. And I heard they really had a Billy Joe really had to work that mm. take on the piano But that piano and their Ludes they doing there. Let's get to your next one here, Cooper. What yeah. You, oh yeah. Um so I'm going all right, so this is going to 1975. The artist is Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, and the song is Don't Leave Me This Way. Um, So Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes were part of that whole Sound of Philadelphia movement that was really spearheaded by Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff for Philadelphia International Records, and they kind of built this, like, stable of artists down there. And Harold Melvin mm. and the Blue Notes was uh, they were an artist, but... They're probably the, the artist that came out of that band uh, who sings lead vocals was Teddy Pendergrass, uh, right? And I'm, I'm a big Teddy guy. I'm a huge Teddy Pendergrass fan. But he has lead vocals on this one. Now the thing is that was interesting is um, they released this song. It did very well for them, right? It wasn't the biggest hit for Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. They've had other ones, but a lot of people. It, it was this was at a time. And remember we talked about this where it wasn't unusual to cover a song like a few months later, like Mm -hmm. this happened a lot where someone released a song and then someone else would cover it a few months later. And they were, they were targeting this for Diana Ross, his album. So Diana Ross was being targeted to cover this song. She ends up passing on it to take love hangover instead. Like whatever the story is that they had to put a track on her album and she opted to take love hangover. And they, the song goes to an unknown artist named Thelma Houston. And Thelma Houston, this was a became a disco monster with her. But despite that, and I, I still think the original Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes um, one, it has that that Philadelphia R and B vibe. You know, I can see it being played in the Rocky movie. You know, you know, it's kind of got that. You know, it's just it to me. I think that original one is really good, and I love Teddy's vocals on that song as well. Um. So yeah, that's uh don't leave me this way, 1975. But i encourage you also to listen to the Thelma Houston version, which is great too. Nice. Yeah. Good, uh very underrated band, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. I, I don't think they, they and if you probably you probably know more of their songs than you would think. You know, uh uh if you don't know me by now, you know, they they they've done others again, uh yeah, you know, but a but a a, a fantastic song. Now With this next track, the title of it, I
1: could've gone a variety of ways. But I went with Aretha Franklin and Doctor Feel Good. Um You could have went Motley Crue, right? Could have went Motley Crue. Right, but okay, you want to read Aretha. Okay. Uh great gospel vibe. Um just the vocal is just amazing. Uh so yeah, I mean I think um it's on the same. It's on. And it's on. Um, we check the record on this one. Um, but no Aretha. Like I love Aretha Franklin, as probably a lot of people know. Um, but the, it, it it has that classic gospel piano and call response, and just, that we just sort of, sort of talked about with um with uh, Prince as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, we but, talk about
0: "Baby, I'm a Star."
1: Yeah, but it's off of uh, I Never Love a Man the Way I Love You, which is an amazing record. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, just, uh, you know, like I said, could have gone the Mally crew, went the Aretha Franklin.
0: Yeah, you know, um, no, I mean, and I think it's a good one, too. Uh, I think, you know, if it's funny when I was, you know, when I was Googling some background on this and I typed in Dr. Feelgood, he basically didn't even come up on the first page. And I'm like, what? No, the hell? no, no. Right, I mean, this no. is a great song. I, yeah. Uh, to me, I think she did a, uh, you know, I think she did she did a bang up job on, on that song as well. So, um, and uh, that was also a nineteen sixty seven song. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we're we're sixty seven. Good year. Yeah, it was sixty seven was a very good year, actually. I'm, you know, just from this, first the first we were got a D. But yeah, yeah
1: but oh, I was just gonna say, but yeah,
0: but check out the whole record. Yeah, if you, if you get a chance, definitely. And this is, you know, this was part of that Aretha Franklin, Ted White. Collaboration of songwriting, Mm. so this is really when she was just really, you know, I think really on a roll. You know, late sixties, obviously.
1: Oh yeah,
0: I love that gospel vibe on that too. That's oh yeah,
1: but it's not just the vocal; it's like the whole song. It's like the you it it totally sounds like something you listen to in the congregation, sort of thing. Yeah.
0: Um, I love your next one here. Yeah. So um, we're in nineteen seventy-six. Let's yeah, we're moving. Um, I had to put a disco song in. Yeah, well, yeah. So why not put a disco song that has the word disco in it, right? So yeah. I picked "Disco Inferno" by the Tramps. Now, the Tramps were a true one-hit wonder. Uh, yeah, yes. This was their big hit. Now, the Tramps were one of these bands, though, that they had a, They this was a big hit for them, but afterwards, they kind of became more of a club band. And the Tramps would play a lot of New York City nightclubs. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually was old enough in the 80s to go see them, right? And, you know, they were, at that point, they had changed some, me- they, they had a lot of members in it and everything. But Disco Inferno, when it came out, it came out in 1976. And it became, it only hit number 53 on the on the Billboard charts. But it became a staple in the New York disco scene, on the disco scene. So it was played mm. in all the discos back then, right? Especially in New York. And when it came to uh, Saturday Night Fever, um, they included it on the album. So it was, it, it kind of, it got another life in 1978 mm. when it was included on the album. And it was kind of, the way it was used in the movie was just how I was talking about 17 days. There's not a big dance scene in it. It's no. kind of played in the background at... um you know, at at, at the Odyssey uh, nightclub they're at, right? So it's been played the background, but they used, but they included the whole, the full version of the song, which is 10 minutes and 54 seconds, right? Jeez. Uh, which, that was long for radio. So they did a three, the 3.30 <laughs> yeah, yeah. radio edit for it. Um, And what happened is that second, re- they the song got a second life. It was released again. And in 1970, it goes back to number 11 on the Billboard charts. Hey, well, it kind of because of the it, the radio edit version, I think, really helped it out where it got a lot of airplay. It was obviously on, on, on this massive soundtrack. Um, and uh, it's the last song on the second album, the last song on the second album on the second side. So it's the it's the closing track to it. And you get that full mm. 10 minute one, which is pretty cool. If you it, it's where it, most people haven't heard the 10 minute version of it. But uh, it's got some of these Prince screeches kind of in it. It's pretty cool. So definitely, I'd say check it out, Disco Inferno. That's your disco homework, Dave. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm gonna convert Dave to a disco king before this show's over. That's right. That's right. <laughs> little yeah. slow, little by little. Yeah.
1: Oh, I I remember that track. That yeah. track is. Yeah. I mean, how can you not love that track?
0: Um, no, oh, it's it's it really is a great song, and like I said, it was so much of a fabric of the disco scene. And then to use it in Saturday Night Fever, was, I thought, brilliant. They get second life again, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: that's that's it's an interesting story. That second life, that's interesting. We, we should do that show on that, like so, songs that get a second life. That's
0: another one, yeah, that's well, like Kate one. Bush, like Running Up That Hill is the prime. Okay, well, well, hey, go oh, figure. Kate Bush probably got her ticket to the Hall of Fame this year. I'm predicting <laughs> next year she gets in. Off of Stranger Things. I mean, really? Well, I, I said it was happen with Duran Duran, even though it wasn't like they re-released something. But I think Kate no. she's going to get. I think she. And by the way, we have, when the nominations come out, I'm sure we'll do it. But I'm predicting she gets it in like one of those wild card ones where she just gets. It's she's not voted in, but. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um,
1: the the one I got. See, this is where I'm going a bit like you know maybe a song people haven't heard. So I got some big heavy hitters up there. And this is a, a band is called better oblivion communication community center. Yeah. And it's made up of Connor Oberist. Who's bright eyes. Right. Who people probably know, like indie, like huge indie guy. And then another indie singer that probably a lot of people know, Phoebe Bridgers.
0: Phoebe's becoming a big name. Yeah.
1: Yes. So it's a very, it's sort of like a indie super duo here. Yeah. Uh, And they put this album out as sort of like a side project. And the title of the track is called Dylan Thomas. Yeah. Um, it's a great track. It, it, it's sort of, it, it, I would have to say, even though it's a it's a duo, I would say this leans heavily more into what Bright Eyes does. So it's very sort of like kind of your indie folky rock sort of thing, where I think Phoebe is more rock based. Um, but she, oh, they just, it, it's just a great song. I love both of their vocals on it and the lyrics. It's an extremely well-written song. It is. It's a very good song. I, I, I did listen to it. I really like it. So that's uh, Better Oblivion Community Community Center, which is very hard to say. Um, and Dylan Thomas is the name of the song after, you know, written about Dylan Thomas. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I was just um like the pairing of just him and Phoebe Bridges is just an amazing pairing. I yeah. think this was before
0: she really blew up. Yeah, like she was still like she blew up with during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. She wrote this was right before the pandemic. This came right out
1: before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep.
0: What do we got here, Coop? Oh yes. Right.
1: Sorry, I see. I always get surprised, listeners, because I have the show notes like right here. Because I like to track things down. Yep. And a- add songs that we talk about, so when I make the song list, they're all in there. So I get to see what Coop's next picks are, and I get very excited. He picks I- great music.
0: Yeah, and I went with, this is going to 1984. This is the only 80s track I picked for this one. Really? Uh, Yeah, I tried to, I'm trying to like spread the love, you know. But um, (laughs) the song is Drive, the artist is the Cars. Yes. Um, Great song, by the way. This song, um, I don't know. It's, first of all, it's not Rick Ocasek on the lead vocal. It's the late Benjamin Orr. Uh, who's got a little bit more of a of a baritone voice, um, and you know it's that whole, you know that that whole again. Go out to the music video. That's some Paulina Poroskova's in it, right? And she's mm. playing the girl having a breakdown in there, right? And and this song really, um, it kind of the lyrics are so good in it, and it deals with you know someone trying to cope with with breaking down basically. Mm. Um, and if you remember this they this was the cars really at live aid did a did a stellar performance of this song mm-hmm. um and it, it kind of changed the cars a bit because the cars were known as this new wave band for so many years like and then they, they come out with this you know this song which i was surprised i thought when it came out we would potentially see a, a grammy nomination for this song mm. um but uh and, and the whole here's the other thing um most of the lyrics are in the form of a question right so mm. you know, who's going to tell you when it's too late who's going to tell you when things aren't so great who's going to pick you up when you fall who's going to hang it up when you call i mean it's just and it's kind of this person who's giving the emotional support to someone breaking down right but it, it was it was so brilliant um I was a little surprised it didn't get get the Grammy nomination that year because I just thought it was a, a great song. Uh, mm. I I love it to this day. Uh, the Cars, yeah,
1: nice. Yeah, I love I love the Cars. I mean, I have to admit that uh, when I listen to The Cars, like I loved them when they came out, <laughs> loved them, and then kind of didn't really listen to them a whole lot. Uh, and then, like when I go back to it now, I just love it. I don't know if it's part nostalgia or whatever, but I love the cars. Yeah, the cars track.
0: I did, and I I believe when we did this show, uh, on we did, Rick, we did the Rick show, but we also did the uh, the um what do you call it show? We did the show on um uh the tribute show oh yeah 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 i believe i talked about this one i think i dedicated this one to my dad Mm. my dad was going through some struggles later in life and you know i kind of this is a song that you know kind of you could pick it up my dad loved cars so so yeah um but yeah we also did i don't think we covered this on the rick show because this wasn't a rick song yeah right right it was a benjamin or it was a benjamin Orr song
1: Mm.
0: uh and benjamin had a really tragic death he died very suddenly and i think he died about Two thousand or so and I think he had cancer or something. Died died very quickly. Oh no! And he was, and Benjamin Orr was really, I think, uh, just the unsung hero of the cars. Mm. Um, the uh, he just really was. He died in two thousand. Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, he had. Uh, yeah, he died from pancreatic cancer. Right. Yep. Oh ah, well, yeah.
1: I'm glad you picked the song. Yeah, so you could shout him out a bit. Yep. I have a I have a deep track here, Coop.
0: Okay. A a deep track from a huge band. I didn't and think it was a it, super deep, though. Okay, but yeah, but Well, it, I mean, it, it's deep. It's still, people may have
1: heard it's, this one. It's deep ish. It's yeah. like it doesn't come top of mind when you think of this band, I guess.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's uh Led Zeppelin with the song Dire Maker. Which uh is off Houses of the Holy. Um it marks and I put it, it marks the departure of the band into this sort of like rock reggae vibe that they're really gonna blow out when we get to Coop's favorite record in through the outdoor. Yeah. Yeah. Which has a lot more experimentation on it than say like your one to one to four. Like one to four are basically like straight up blues rock albums, for lack of a better term. And then once you hit like houses and physical graffiti, and in through the outdoor, they start to get. I mean, that that blues rock is still there, obviously, yep. but they start to get a bit more experimental, more psychedelic, trying out different genres. And this is sort of marks that with Dire Maker.
2: Yeah,
0: it's a
1: fun song. I really like the song "Coop." Um, I don't think it gets its its. Uh, I, I, don't it because- I, I don't think it does either.
0: I don't think it does either.
1: Because one to four are just such strong records that I think they get a lot of the. How's headline? it? Holy
0: gets a little lost, you know, with physical graffiti yeah, and stuff, and yeah, it does. Yeah, how, how and into the outdoor gets really lost. Like those, two, it, those. It two does, but there did. are two big hits up that that album. Yeah, yeah. the album gets but, lost as, a, as an the album, album. Gets but, lost, but yeah. you know, "Fool in the Rain" um, definitely, uh, and "All My Love" oh. so I think still. Yeah, the problem. I think we mentioned the problem with that album is they never toured live with it, so I don't think. No. We really got so then, how do you? Yeah. 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 But houses does get lost as an album. Yeah. Uh, it's a great album. Yep.
1: Yeah. And the uh, Dire Makers a great song.
0: Yep. No, I I think it's a great song. I like that pick a lot.
1: So there you go. So yeah. with, so we're into we're so you only had one song in the '80s, so we're into the '90s now. Then.
0: Yeah, we're in the '90s, and I go to 1990, and I'm gonna I'm picking an In Excess song, Ooh. and the song is disappear. Right. Right. So, In Excess uh has the Kick album. It's a monster, yes. this album, right? It, mm-hmm. it puts them into the strategy. X comes out, and I think X was, a, in a lot of ways, picked up what Kick left off. It, it did well, but it didn't do commercially as well. As, okay. But I think X is a great album, by the way, and it doesn't get its due. Uh With Disappear, it was a little different because... In Excess had kind of gone into this Lennon-McCartney mode for a while. Most of right. the music where Michael Hutchins and Andrew Farris, who's the keyboard player, were um, writing most of the songs. But like the Beatles, occasionally there were other songs included. And in this case, Hutchins actually teamed up with John Farris, who's the drummer for this song. Okay, Right. Um, and it has the dubious honor oh, no. of being the last top 10 single in the U.S. for In Excess right yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. And, and, and i don't know what happened on on um uh, you know i don't know exactly what happened on that album to be honest with you um like suicide blonde was the first single released um and then um disappear comes out and uh but after that they didn't have really any top 10 singles after that they, they, they but there's some mm. really good tracks on there um uh, but yeah, Disappear is really good. I just love that it. it's a higher energy song for NXS.
2: Mm. Uh,
0: it got away from a little of the funky influences that they had. And it was more of a straight pop song, uh, mm. but it's kind of a catchy song. Um, you know, you, you, you can sing. all. It's a great song they do live as well uh but after that they kind of disappeared from the the top 10 billboard charts in the US. They never had another like hit I think that was played on the radio in the US after that. They they, right. they, they did have success uh outside the US still. Uh particularly uh you know in, in Australia. Um uh, mm. but even in Australia they started to struggle uh after that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh,
1: people love them in Australia, man. Yeah,
0: they're yeah, they're, they they uh, definitely are uh but uh, yeah, so that was really. Um, I was just checking. Even Pretty Vegas didn't chart in the U.S. Uh, oh yeah,
1: yeah. I remember that song. Huh? Yeah, that
0: was the comeback one they did with the with the second singer, JD. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Oh yeah, that experiment didn't yeah. really yeah. take off all that much, yeah. to be honest. Um. Where where are we Oh, all right okay uh I, I got I got coffee so that's her this is off her new yeah. record yeah and I love coffee and people know that
0: because I yeah. played
1: her a bunch of times um but defend which uh, I said speaking of reggae I just thought talking about reggae yeah yeah you go yeah yeah was... get in there um so I went with coffee um off a new record and. It's sort of about social ills, police brutality, and coffee sort of standing up against those. Very powerful lyrically. Very short song, if I into my memory. I don't think it's that long. I think it might be two, three minutes. Like, it's a pretty quick song. Um, but it's really good. It's, I think it's the second song on the record. Uh, no, I I really like her. I really like um, reggae. She's sort of up-and-coming artist. This is her first... Full length release. She had a couple EPs before, so uh, yeah. So she's sort of uh, on the on the uh, on the rise. Yeah, so check
0: no, it out. I did a good pick. I like that pick as well. I've listened to that track several times, and I do like it.
1: No, it's a, it's a great it's a great. Uh, she's just got a great sort of like style to her, a great vibe.
2: Let's see. Here. I do like Kofi.
1: We... I do like Cope. Kof. Kofi's underrated. She is. I think she's going to get bigger. She just has to put out more stuff. Like, she only had, like I said, a couple EPs. This is the first, like, full length. I think, I think Harry Styles is doing a tour and I think she's opening for his American leg oh, of that tour. interesting. Which will be good for her. Interesting. I think she is. Um. But, yeah. So, no. So, let's... uh. Let's go to Coop's. Coop's Coop. Cooper, you where are you in the '90s still? Or you in I'm the, the 90s, where you at? I'm
0: in the '90s, and um, the artist is Collective Soul, and the song is December. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, Dave, with all due respect to Taylor Swift, this is the best <laughs> December song. I'm sorry, with all due with all due respect here. Uh, this was a big hit in '95. Um, and what got me with this song was the orchestral influences that are in this on the strings that are used in here. Right. Um, And when you get to the last 90 minutes of that song, that name 90 Mm -hmm. seconds of that song. Mm -hmm. um, That's when they start going and they use the word December. Uh, And Mm -hmm. the thing is that December was uh, there's kind of a story with this is that, you know, December is kind of the final part of a year. It December closes out the year. And I guess what happened is when i when I read some of the interviews done with Collective Soul, in particular Ed Roland, who's was the lead singer, they were they were having a it, there was a realistic experience with this where they their relationship was deteriorating with their first manager. And mm. uh, you know, they knew this thing was coming to an end. and uh, they just basically wanted to do a song to deal with finality and ending. And they came up with. Mm. Song. I don't think Collective Soul has ever done anything as good as this. Uh, no, I, I'd agree with that. They they had a couple of hit, but this song, uh, this song was 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 I thought one. Of the, it was the best song they did, um, and it was kind of in that point. It was kind of an alternative of enough where radio was now going more to alternative. It was a very like alternative pop type song, mm. so it was kind of attracted to radio. It was a, a catchy song. Uh, I liked this song a lot. It, it's a it's uh, also, they have a good live version of this song out there too. No, it's great pick. I
1: love winter songs or December songs yep. because it's this mix of like because of the season and like everything dies and it gets cold and it's dark. Yep. It's this like a lot of those songs have this really sort of like dark imagery to them that yep. I really like. So, no, great pick, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and,
0: and 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 the lyrics have that dark, they they basically mm. in the lyrics, uh. Yeah, there's lyrics such as "December whispers of treachery," "December clouds mm. are now covering me," "December yeah. songs I no more." It's just they they yeah. use it. They it was to me if they if that was the band they had the one song that's the one song I'd put for collective. So I I really wouldn't listen to much of their other stuff to be honest with you. <laughs>
1: that's a good. Yeah. I
0: I can uh, I can second that. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's it I like this on The song. orchestral the strings are brilliant. Yeah, yeah.
1: Not good pick. Yeah. I, uh, this is unrelated to music, but I just wanted, I just quickly checked the, uh, Tennessee Alabama game.
0: Okay. We got a scoring out Do,
1: is, is defense allowed in college football anymore, Coop? Like, do they allow it legally? Oh, you know, I, I
0: said the same <laughs> thing. What the? Yeah. It's, it's 42 to 35, and hey, the fourth quarter just started. All I know is that Tennessee may just, Totally un they unravel in this game. I mean, this is a it's gonna be brutal to be in the state of tennis. I mean both undefeated uh, too. It's the big this is the biggest Alabama Tennessee game I can remember in a long I, time.
1: Yeah, I would think what would be the other ones, like when Peyton was playing, maybe right when they won the national championship. Yeah,
0: but but Alabama wasn't as good back then.
1: No. I uh I'm not a betting person, Coop, but just like any college game,
0: just are just bet the over. <laughs> like, bet the over. I mean, yeah, they don't play defense. And if you go to overtime, it's like it becomes a video game. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's crazy. Could it, yeah. I mean, um, it, uh, I so, mean, so, bet hit, hammer that over. By the way, Tunis, <laughs> uh, Tunis Sooners did win today. Uh, and I want to mention Re- that they did. Really? Who did they play that they won? Kansas. Final uh, score. Oh, God. Final score. Oh, God. oh no. 52 42.
1: It's, see. C- what it was the oh I got to And this is a bit of a rant, I know, but yeah. But uh, what was the over under on that? It had to have been because the over unders too for some of these games are like seventy.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the over under is with that one. Uh, I doubt but, it was. I doubt it was anything. I, yeah, I gotta uh, see what the over under yeah, is for. And and then also just another score: West Virginia beats Baylor forty three to forty. I mean, Jesus, you're you're not wrong on this this defense stuff. Uh okay. Uh, Georgia wins fifty-five nothing over Vanderbilt. Uh, well, so like in this game, the over/under was sixty-eight, right? Yeah. And they're
1: pounding it, and it's not, and they still got a whole nother quarter. Yeah. Arkansas is hot.
0: Yeah. And that's a high over/under. Yeah. sixty-eight. Yeah. Arkansas is beating the beating BYU fifty-two thirty-five. God, it's just nuts. Yeah, it is. They're not playing defense anymore in college. You're right. Yeah, that's a crazy...
1: Because these are good teams, too. Yeah. It's a
0: crazy score. Yeah. That's anyway, a, yeah.
1: that's just my rant. But... Yep. Uh, You're up. I'm up. So This is a good pick. I like this pick. Not many people may have heard of this, but I wanted to get a rap song on Coop um, just to kind of hit a bunch of genres. And I found out a lot of my favorite hip-hop songs don't start with D. So I was like, oh. So I looked around. I... um. This is a rapper I really like, West Side Gun. Yeah. He's got a very unique delivery.
0: I like this name um, of song. I like the song too.
1: So the song is um. Coleman. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love West Side Gun. He might not be for everybody. What he does do that I like is that a lot of his backing tracks are like kind of this like R and B soul, like 70s vibe. It's a lot like Danger Mouse, yeah. In that, and he so it's not really sort of this like electronic bass heavy like trap. It's it's got this more kind of soul groove to it, which I really like. And so, like I said, he might not be for everybody, um, because he is very unique in his delivery. But you got if you if you if you want to check out like what's new in hip
0: hop and like up and comers, check out Westside Gun. Yeah, and the song's Derek Bowman, right? It's not Coleman. Bowman. 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 Yeah. Bowman but it's it is about it's, it's Derek close. Coleman. It is about yeah. Derek Coleman, from what I understand. Yeah. And it's a it's but, it's a great it's great lyrics in that song, too. If you, yeah. Oh yeah. James with the powder. Kilo yeah, rapper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I love that line. <laughs> but he does it's Bowman, but he says Derek Coleman in the song, right? I believe he says Coleman in the song. Yeah, they probably couldn't name it that, maybe or something, so they yeah. changed it. Oh yeah, right. How many? I used to pull the lyrics. But how many bricks? Forty-four. Like Derek Coleman with the Sixers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he remembers. <laughs> but no, yeah, I and I love it, and
1: it's it's great. It's just a fun, good song. So yeah, you know, check it, it. out. It
0: definitely is a good. It's a good song. I like it.
1: West Side Gun. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Cooper, you closing this? I got two are more. You closing your list out? Two more. All right. Yep.
0: I all right, notes everywhere. All right, so the tears for fear Street continues. Yes. Uh, like, this had, is the this is the deep cut, is it? This is a very deep cut. All right. Okay. Um, okay. I'm guaranteeing if there's anyone in the audience who besides the Perdomos who've heard this song, <laughs> I know the Perdomo ah! and Nick and Nick Nicholas are big, big tears for fears fan, uh, and this is off probably the album that is not talked about at all. It's a it, it's called it's off the album Raul and the Kings of Spain. And the song is uh, "Don't Drink the Water." So this was when Kurt Smith was was estranged from Roland uh, when this album came out. Right, and that album, "The Kings of Spain," had the whole Spanish theme going because Roland has is parts part Spanish. He's, uh, he's got Spanish lineage, lineage in him. I uh, think it's on his father's side. He actually named his son Raúl as well. And I believe Roland's given name was Raúl, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that part. Um, it's this song really didn't fit in with the album is what I'm going to say, because it didn't have that Spanish vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, it has more of a Lou Reed type vibe, if anything, like, mm-hmm. I, I can see Lou Reed. Like I can see Lou Reed. Like, if you listen, to it, you might say, "Man, is that Lou Reed? Like, And that's Roland, actually. Uh, they use some unique kind of uh, percussions like um, traffic sounds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely not. It, it kind of was didn't fit on the album but it's a good deep track. Like I said, if you're going to go to the role in the Kings of Spain, don't drink the water is a pretty cool track to listen to. Uh, mm. again, it's, 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 it's way deep. This is a, I'm going really deep, but I wanted to keep the tears fierce fears going. So, uh, and I know I can keep it going with E with, with the next few letters too. So I know I have one is an obvious one coming up. There's several E songs they have. So, uh, but yeah, so I kept it going here.
1: Nice. No, yep. I love that. I'll have to have another listen to that song.
0: Yep. Oh, it, but the streak continues. It, the streak. They. We've had. Uh, I, I, I haven't planned it out with Tears for Fears if we're gonna be able to do every letter. Oh, well, you might have to. Uh, we, we'll find out for sure. But this one was a little bit of a tough one to come out with. Oh, Now I'm gonna close out
1: mine. I had to pick this song. It's been. It's been uh, covered. Yep. But I went with the Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. We talked a lot of Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. One of the Vandellas passed away, and then we talked about it with – um when I, we were doing You have to listen to thing because we had the Velvolettes, and it reminded me of the Vandellas. Dancing in the Street
0: Coop. Make sure it's the Vandellas version, not not the David Bowie, Mick Jagger. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do not have <laughs> version. That was a disaster. That was so
1: bad. Anyway. It was so bad. bad. It was so
0: hype, too. Yeah, it was so bad. Yeah, but this yeah, is great. A... This is this is great, this version. This
1: is Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. Uh, I love Martha Reeves. Great Motown vibe. What I love about this, I mean, I love the song. It's great Motown vibe. It's kind of your classic Motown structure, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what I love about it, I love songs where they call out all the cities, you know? Yeah. And they're like, you know, Philadelphia. PA. Love it. Yeah. I, I love when singers call out cities in their song. I love it. I do, so, too. I really
0: do like that, too. And, I, and I I'll say this, David Bowie and Mick Jagger tried to do it at the beginning, and it just didn't work. I mean, it just... Trash. It was trash. Uh, but this is... A, not to take away. I'm a big Martha and the Vandellas fan. And oh, this, yeah. This is, a, this is such a great song. So...
1: I mean, they had this song. They had nowhere to run. Yep. Which is a great song.
0: Um, heat wave heat wave.
1: Yeah. Heat wave. And then Martha Reeves went and did a bunch of solo stuff that was quite yeah. good. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. Dancing in the street. Love the song.
0: I do, too. And Yeah. Too.
1: You just have to pretend that the cover never happened. Just pretend really. the cover
0: never happened. man. Yeah. Like, how? Uh, do you remember the story? Like, like, that was such a big deal. Oh, they, they, yeah. They had this. We have this. Like, And it was a teaser. There's going to be a Mick Jagger, uh, David camp. Bowie song debuting at the Live Aid, like when they were broadcasting Live yes. Aid, right? And yes. we're all like, and then this comes on. We're like, hey. And I'm like, <laughs> I, this comes on. I just drop. It was on TV. I'm watching this dopey video. Right. And I'm like, this is what the heck did. How did they agree to this? I mean, it was all I kept saying. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, may, you know, maybe
1: don't do Motown if you're too like, you know.
0: Uh, you know white British
1: rockers it, Maybe just don't did, do it. it didn't work <laughs> it just did, the
0: whole thing didn't work
1: yeah uh ah uh, now like I said I see the I see the show notes before everybody yeah and I saw this song and I was very excited about it because I know that this
0: artist is very close to coop's heart yeah, both of these guys actually are. I like both of these guys. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, you like this. You
0: like this whole record, don't you? I oh, guess, I think it's um, a great album. Yeah, the, the 4486, yeah. 876 album. Uh, it's mm. a collabor- Now, this is a collaboration. I thought that was great. And it was stinging shaggy, right? Yeah, you wouldn't think on the face of it, would you? But- yeah, and, and they, you know, they got together. And they collaborated, not just on a song, but a whole album. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's this commonality with them because, you know, Sting has done some of the reggae influence in his early days with the police. And actually yep. Shaggy has brought his own, I think, brand to, you know, his own style to reggae. Um, mm-hmm. And they come up, there's a song called Don't Make Me Wait, which is probably one of the two most popular songs on that album. Um in mm. this one I what I liked about this one is I felt it was a little more of a of a like Shaggy I think has his own interpretation of reggae. It's a little different. But this was more of a throwback type of reggae song that they did. Uh it's just it's just uh, you know it's the definite one that you would have, you know, ha- sipping bahama mama's on the beach in, in the Caribbean. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the harmonies are great. Uh Sting and Shaggy did a hell of a job on this album. Uh you know um and, and this song, like I said, it, it, it's, it, it's this is one of the highlights of the album for sure. Because like I said, I like the throwback style of the reggae they did. Um, mm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, th- and then I just think the uh, um, uh, it's just like I said, uh, Sting and Shat. I hope they would ever get together and do another album. I don't know if they will at this point.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, Sting's in his 70s now. Yeah, it'd be tough. He looked, real thin. He, like looked, he looked real thin in that album, too. I was like, but he didn't look sick. But he was like he was real thin in that album. Well, I mean, this album wasn't like forever ago, so they could four years. Ago, yeah, four years ago. I mean, I think you know, you know, Shaggy, Shaggy doesn't get the respect he deserves. Yeah. Well, you but, really like that Christmas record he did. Oh, you? I think it was one of. I think it was a great Christmas album he did. Yeah. I mean, was I that heard two, years was yeah. It two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. I think it's one of the better one of the better Christmas albums that's been released in a while. And I think if even if you're not a Shaggy fan, you may get something out of it. Well. Ah. Uh. So we call it, We did this. We got through these. Yeah, we
1: got. We got. We got through it, Coop.
0: Um, so like,
1: I guess, uh, for me, I'm just thinking of final thoughts uh, right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is uh, I mean, it's a great. Well, I mean, I really like doing this exercise.
0: Uh, I think it's gonna get harder as <laughs> time goes on. I I I actually think it's gonna get harder. Um. When we get to G and H, it's oh. going to be a little harder. Uh, yes. But like I said, the end of the alphabet's going to be really tricky. You know, like we're probably going to have to skip a couple of letters uh, towards Com- the end. Combine. Maybe or combine. Maybe, maybe we do like, like U and X U or something. Yeah, I, I, right. I only can think of a couple of X songs. That's why I was like, I don't uh, think we can come up I with can, 10. Yeah, I don't think like we're going to be able to come up with 10 with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, but, yeah. Yeah. So, uh but, you know, I like this, what I like, here's what I like about when we do this, right? Um, It's a, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge you have with this, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to find songs with D, but again, I, I like to try to spread it out with different genres. I don't think I did it as yeah. good with the genres this time, but I spread it out over different eras, I thought better this time. Uh, and it just kind of gives you a chance, you know, some like with, like the Tears for Fear song, it was a little bit of a challenge to try to dig dig and find a track with that you know and, and something that hopefully mm. people will enjoy i think people will enjoy that track and then you know you, you have some classic favorites like you know day in the life where you could pay homage to a song like that so i really enjoyed this exercise i think we do it we do it only you know a few times a year but um you know we've been slowly kind of picking this and putting it in from time to time so so yeah um this is a good one yeah no i really liked it i like and then as a show
1: I guess compared some of our other shows. We sort of stick more closely to either a genre or a like a year, yeah, or like an album archaeology, like or an, an artist, yeah,
0: or yeah, an an hour, yeah, an album, yeah. So this this really, I mean, we get to feature a lot of
1: different stuff from a lot of different periods, which is quite nice, which I like. yeah,
0: yeah, I do too. I think it's a it's a it's a tremendous. Uh, I guess it's a fun exercise to go through. You know, we encourage our listeners, uh, and our audience you know, let us know some of these songs that you may and you know, we may have missed here I and mean, we we probably missed plenty of them, you
1: know. Oh, yeah.
0: Definitely. Um, yeah. So uh, it's, it's a fun thing. I I enjoy doing it. It gives me a chance to listen to some stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yep. yep exactly.
1: I mean, where else are you going to get a lot of uh, Sting and Shaggy? You know what I
0: mean? No, I mean, where is he going to get Derek Bowman? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, new music, Cooper. Yeah, so uh, we, uh, we have to mention uh, our friends at Cigar Hustler, located in Deltona, Florida. Uh, they have, uh, you can go to a retail store. It's a, a great destination to go to if you're in Central Florida. Uh, great humidor, uh, great uh, atmosphere to smoke in, uh, great customer service. I mean, I've said it a thousand times, the, the staff there is uh, second to none. Um and uh, you know definitely recommend it. If you can't get there, go to cigarhustler.com, get on an email list. Um and uh, if you're looking for like especially limiteds, uh they'll you'll get an email blast and a lot of times it's after midnight. Uh get on it because they'll sell out quickly. Uh mm. but they have boutique stuff, they have Swente stuff, tour Estate. Uh, they have their own brand, Postani, and, and some of the yep. collaborations they're doing. I owe you. Uh, I have a collaboration I have to send you. By the way, that Ezekiel, Ooh. the uh, what is it, the Shepherd cigar? I have the to Shepherd. Send I have that one sitting in it. And I did. I had to pull that back from the last shipment. I think so. be oh, <laughs> yeah. in the next shipment. Yeah. So I'll, I'll send you that. I have. I just saw that cigar today, actually. So, uh, mm-hmm. so that's Dave's cigar guys send them. So, so yeah. Um, you know, definitely check these guys out. So Dave, yeah. what do you got for us this week? yeah well I was just
1: gonna say uh you can get the uh, cigar I'm smoking the um the warhead eight which I'm about that far into coop yep oh uh, it's strong man like it's got some spice it's got great sort of syrupy sweetness to it I really like it it's a really good cigar it smokes really well for if you're not a six by sixty fan I think you'll still like it because it's box pressed so it doesn't it doesn't feel that big of a cigar if that makes sense yeah um, I mean, I think of the CAO flathead as well as a box-pressed, and that, that it's a similar thing. Like, it's quite it's quite nice. Yeah. Um, how's yours doing? How's your oh uh, uh, So I'm
0: smoking the uh, Me Corita Gordito, the 4x48, and look, I, we've been That's doing this for an hour. been lasting a long time. Over, yeah, it, it is a slow – what I like about this slow, is a slow burner. Uh, and so it's the 4x48 that you can smoke, and it's not one I would say smoke it – it's not your quick smoke type of deal. Uh, it's no. got those – it's got that dankness that Sokka was looking for, but it's got some of these coffee notes. It's got some spice. Uh, You know, it's kind of a rugged kind of broadleaf cigar that you get. Um, I just, I I really dig the flavors in this thing. Like I said, this is, I think the one of the best cigars Sokka done in this format. Um, And they smoke consistent. You know, I just picked one of these up recently. So uh, they smoke, this is already about five or six years old, this cigar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not this, not the specific cigar as well. No, for. but the but cigar Yeah, and I mean, has done a lot of consistency. And, you know, we talked earlier in the show about um, Crown Heads moving to La to Noxa. This is, Soccer makes this cigar at Noxa. And they're known for their broadleaf. They have really good broadleaf out of that factory. So uh, Patissia is a great cigar. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess to the new sizes still.
1: Yeah, I haven't had, I only had the um, the one they released that they ordered, that you had to order at PCA. Yeah. Which I really that just had the it didn't have the band band, it just had yeah. that like foot ribbon. Yeah. But that was
0: quite good. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, this is uh Mikerita Gordita. Not a quick smoke by four forty eight. It's gonna last you a good hour. I'm probably going a little slow with the show, but but Well, it's this is a slow. six by sixty and we're in the same we're at the same point in our cigar. Yeah, but that's a box press so I think it's a little more open, you can have a draw with that yeah.
1: one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: it uh but let's one yeah this one on Warhead one of great limited edition lines every year oh yeah. i would have to say yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean like when you're looking at limiteds it's like this one
1: for me anyway it's this one the monsters and last calveras
0: yeah yeah i would agree i would say I
1: mean, it used to be skull and bones but those have really fallen off
0: for me yeah anyway. i mean they just announced they're doing the mystery one but i i agree with you on that i mean the other ones that fell off but I just think they ran their course and I'm not trying to pick on Davidoff, but Camacho Liberty and uh, the Alva limited. I just think they ran the course with those cigars, uh, 20 year, yep. their 20 year runs. I mean, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And this is the first year they didn't do Liberty in over 20 years. So they, those, those, you know, I think it was time to close those series out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, new mean 45 yep. for the hustlers, man. Um, I got Sampa the Great, who we've talked about uh, before. Like, she has a song that's on the um, – I think you were talking about that, Coop. The song that's yeah. on the um, uh, Black Panther. Yep. Uh, so she's got a song on the Black Panther well, trailer, which I'm assuming will, will stick in the movie, um, which she's just going to blow up yep. uh, after that. I mean, if she hasn't now. But – Ah, uh, this song features uh, another artist, an African artist. Coop and I really like. Yeah, that's Angelique Kidjo, um, a, a kind of a icon of 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 African music is Angelique Kidjo, South African especially. Yeah, um, she's on this. The track's called "Let Me Be Great." Uh, it's off of her uh, latest record. I love this song. I love "Stamp the Great." Uh, my one claim to fame is she almost did an interview on Jukebox, Coop, almost. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's I remember you said that because she's because she lives. or she, I don't know if she does now, but she's from uh, Africa and she lived, but she was living in South Australia. And so she was going to do it. And then she had to leave the country because she was recording her record. The one before this one. And uh, her management said she'd love to do it, but she can't right now. Maybe she'll do it when she gets back. And she became a, a rock star. <laughs> so she didn't
0: do it. But it was close. It was close. You know, um, uh, one thing uh, I'll just kind of put on your radar and, and the listeners. radar. Yeah, Angelique Kidjo, um, like I said, one of the great artists. Uh, she did a cover of Gimme Shelter with uh, mm. another artist, a younger artist who I'm a big fan of, Josh Stone mm. of Gimme Shelter, which I think you would really enjoy.
1: Angelique Kidjo, I've seen her in concert, which is phenomenal. Um she she did a lot of stuff very well known but she's had a bit of a resurgence lately like she put a record out i think it was last year um she's been guest she's been featured on a lot of records so she's she's really putting a lot of stuff out recently so Yeah
0: very well known on the international scene maybe not much mm. in the US uh, same Yeah I yeah, agree with that I would say but you know she is a, like you go to Africa she is a she oh, is as any big as Taylor Swift there in Aqualgar. Yeah, she's the best. She's um, older too. She's not young. Andy Lee. She's been around a no, long time. No. Yeah, she's in her sixties now, but she still yeah. is a great performer. So, so check 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 out her uh, yeah. solo stuff as well. Yep, absolutely.
1: Um, we have got I got Stormzy. Yeah. Which is uh, he put out a new single now. If you, I, I like Stormzy. He's a London rapper. He hasn't had a single out for a little while. Yeah, I was just saying. Uh, yeah, but he has a single out. Mel made me do it. Is a single. It's quite epic for a rap song. I think it's like seven and a half minutes yep, or something. Yep. Um, but you know, it's it hints that he might be coming out the record. It's a great single. He raps about how great he is at rapping, which I love. I love when rappers do that.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah, I did too. So.
1: <laughs> so check check that out. Album archaeology to stick with uh, the D's here. I went with Delta Cream by the Black Keys for your album archaeology homework. Um, wow. this is a two-piece blues rock band. If you don't know, they they kind of took over that lo-fi sort of sound. Uh, this is a bit of a comeback. This is in 2021, after they sort of separated and did their own projects for a while. Um, with the standout song being a cover of uh, "Crawling King, King Snake" is sort of the standout, a cover of that song. But uh, yeah, good, this is a good, good, good album. This is a
0: good album, by the way. I've heard this. Yeah. Thing.
1: Yeah, uh, and then, like I said, it's a bit of a comeback for them, because um, it, it was uh, after they did a bunch of, a lot of production work, actually. Both of them produced a lot of records. I think, uh, I can't remember who it is. One of them produced a lot of like Lana Del Rey stuff. In, yeah, in yeah. That came back. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely, for sure, on that one. Um, I'm just trying, what year did this album come out? I was just trying to look at it. I think it's 2021. Yeah, it was it was pretty recent. That's what I was saying. I don't know if it was 20 Last year. Yeah. I think it was.
1: Yeah. I don't know where within the year it was.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was. I believe you're right. Um and to give you
1: an update of the uh Texas Alabama Tennessee game. Uh Alabama 49, Tennessee 42. Was so... there any doubt?
0: Was there any doubt that that was going to yeah? Uh,
1: but you know, I there's it. still there's still four minutes left,
0: so and they can still go another... overtime and get this up into the 60s, and then you really could get your over.
1: Yeah, there's probably another uh, five touchdowns going to be scored. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen to this line by Bryce Young so far, Coop, uh-huh. and then I'll and then I'll stop. Okay. He he's he has 400 yards passing and two touchdowns. And their running back has a hundred yards, so they have like easily five hundred yards of offense.
0: That's wow! And I just I just flipped the channel, and and Tennessee's in the red zone. And it looks like they just went in. Looks like Tennessee just went in. Yeah. So it Tennessee is. has just went in. It's, it's now so it's forty nine forty eight. This album, this this album, this game's going to end in the sixties, like you said. I said it's going to be an overtime. They, they tied it, and they, it depends. That's what point it was made. Yep. So. Wow. it's There's four
1: minutes left. There's still enough time for each team to score another, like, touchdown.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Bryce, you have 409, you know, uh, and then hooker for the uh, Tennessee has 340 yards. It's just nuts. You know, the other thing I'll just say, we were watching the the NFL quarterback play has been awful this year. Just another comment I like. Uh, Well, the NFL in general, it's like, there's like four Good
1: teams, and then everyone else is average
0: and and to like other, terrible. And the other thing is the scheduling in the NFL, someone has to just start. These games are terrible, and, and there's games that are getting Washington Chicago game should not have been a national oh, game on oh, Thursday oh, night. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. I'm sorry. You you got it. Boy, amazon got a bad deal with that. How bad was that Broncos game? Oh, Dojo's kind of <laughs> lost it.
1: <laughs> His coach he is him. He, he you know, is washed. That, that. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, the the quarterback is washed. The coach
0: has like no idea what he's doing. The coach is, I mean, Eric's already. Saw, he didn't like the previous coach, but he's he's oh, he he's, he's like given up on this. His coaches, and 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 he may get fired. This coach. This is not a good situation that he's in.
1: No, they can't keep him. Surely.
0: No, I mean they. I mean it's rare you'll fire a coach mid-season in his first year. Though that's the only thing they'll let him finish out the year. I'm sure, but but boy, that that's just all I mean it's awful. The coaching's been bad in the NFL as a whole too. But even I, I think that. I think the Giants coach has been doing a decent job. I'm not sold on him 100, percent but he, he's showing me something every week. This guy. So.
1: Well, I mean what I like about the Giants coach, and then we can. Move out because I don't want to like take forever. But what I like about the Giants' coach is what I like about coaches is he's really maximizing what he's got, right? Yep. Because you know you see a lot of coaches like squandering their talent, right? Um, but he's really maximizing what he has, and getting the most. You feel like he's getting the most he can out of that team.
0: Yeah and i agree and i think the defense is the same way he, the defense is well coached you could see it that we haven't had that in a while uh, no so, so so yeah Ooh, that's, tough that's, game
1: for you this week though
0: cool oh uh, it's the ravens i know it's going to be tough but i think i gonna you know, look the thing is if the giants can be, be a good competitive game, though. yeah we let's be competitive they haven't laid down in the uh, the cowboy game was the only bad game they had but cowboys are pretty good so uh, all i know is monday
1: night football this is out this is for you dojo Monday night football Chargers Broncos he could get fired after that game That's going to be
0: another clunker <laughs> of a game a Why
1: are team? they on why are they See that yeah I oh. think the problem was is Russell Wilson went there and they thought they were going to be great and they
0: he's washed They look they knew what they were doing the uh, Seahawks Pete Carroll knew what he was doing They oh, oh, may not oh, like to hear that but and, and I'll say this Geno Smith who's playing for them now Hey listen let's here's get it what done I, I thought the Giants should have stuck with him, right? When, when he was, but the coach messed that up when he ended the mm. Eli streak, and and it totally just mm. he could, and and it wasn't Geno Smith's fault, but no the coach, because I thought Geno Smith had a even in that one game he played for, when Eli didn't start, he was not bad in that game. He actually showed some stuff, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe he could be the quarterback down the road for the Giants. I kept thinking, him, uh, mm. but obviously he landed somewhere, so and he's doing well. So, so yeah, go figure. God, that yeah, that Monday night game. Yep, yep. Sensei, I feel for you, man. I do too. Yeah and then his uh his Rockies went down not Rockies, uh Avalanche went down in uh to Calgary the other night. Oh jeez. Yeah, and that Doge, we, we had we had Dojo and McTavish on the show uh while it was going on, so that was fun. Oh yeah, that would have been fun. Yep, yep. Uh
1: you can Take us out, Coop. I've had my football rants for yep, the day. We really
0: did too. Uh again, uh, thanks, Dave, and always fun to do it. Thanks, our audience. Stay tuned to our social media channels for uh the next jukebox episode 82 show. Um, but that's gonna wrap up primetime jukebox episode 81 into the annals of history for this mid-October, this red October. Go, mm-hmm. Phillies. Get behind red October, go Phillies, and let's 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 see what we can do in the next round now. Now, you know. Now it's now, now, now it's for real. Now we're in, this is where the big boys play. So we'll catch everybody next time. Take care, everybody.